Hello and welcome to the Soundstage Audiophile Podcast. In this second season of the show, host Jordan Guth is joined by a new guest each episode who knows something about hi-fi that Jordan doesn't. And who knows, while he's learning about all of this, you might learn something too. So with no further ado, here's Jordan and this week's guest. Hello, and welcome back to the Soundstage Audiophile Podcast. Uh, my name is Jordan Guth, and I am the host for this season. Um, today, we are joined... Actually, do you, <laughs> here's a question. Do you want to go by Jeffrey or Jeff? Ah, the first question of the podcast. I, I messed this up even <laughs> to begin with. So what would you uh, like to go by? Jeff is certainly easier. Okay. So Jeff Morrison... Uh, Jeff is the new senior editor for Soundstage Solo, um, and today we're going to be talking more about the headphones over the ear, in-ear, that kind of stuff, but also some of the traveling and, and kind of other things where the conversation may go. Yeah. Well, great to be here. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I guess to start, Jeff, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you want people to know about you? Uh, yeah. So I'm, I have been reviewing audio and video stuff for... Uh, a little over 20 years, actually. And I have actually worked with the former editor of Sunstage Solo with Brent Butterworth. We've worked together on numerous products over the years, products, numerous publications over the years. And uh, yeah, and it's, it's, I do travel a lot of since 2014. I've spent about half the year traveling. And uh, obviously there was a bit of a break in there for, <laughs> you know, reasons. Uh, but I'm kind of back to it. And this year, I'm going to be doing, uh, I'm building out a van to do some like camper van stuff and Ooh. hopefully some uh, longer, maybe an international trip later in the summer. So, so is the traveling for, uh, for fun? Is it to kind of test out the gear that you're reviewing? Like what, what is the traveling for just to see the world? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a, a podcast in and of itself. Um, <laughs> I, I've always kind of traveled on and off occasionally and to skip over some key points in the story, I started traveling at the beginning of 2014 for uh, personal reasons. And it ended up being kind of what I was looking for in my life. And it was, it was just the best decision that I've ever made because I was able to kind of get out and see the world and meet new people and seek out new life and new civilizations. And I don't know. It, it ended up just working. And I, I had told my bosses at the time that I, I was already freelance writing for most places. And I had a freelance editor gig at Wirecutter. And and I had told every, all the editors that I was working for and all my bosses, like, hey, I'm doing this. If you don't want me to do it, I'm going to quit because <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> and uh, uh, I ended up, you know, I bought a one-way ticket to Australia with no idea when I was going to come back. And Three months later, I was like, this this is the life for me. Not specifically Australia, but just, you know. Roaming. Roaming, exactly. Yeah. And so over the years, um, you know, I started writing kind of a, a travel blog just kind of for my own sake. And to put down, I was known as a tech writer at that point, but no one is going to take a chance on someone doing a different topic. So I wrote just yeah. for, for myself over the years. And then a couple of years into it, um, I was able to kind of point at that for some editors to start letting me write, write, uh, travel stuff. And then that just ended up being more and more travel stuff. And by 2019, I was, I pretty much fully transitioned to being a travel writer. I was writing for the New York times and uh, a bunch of different places, just straight travel. Obviously that 
stopped. Um, <laughs> Global pandemic. When, when things, when travel <laughs> sort of ended. Um, so I kind of, you know, when, was lucky enough to return back to my roots, if you will, and, and start doing reviews again. And, uh, and so now I just kind of do a mix of, of both. So what I'm able to do and what's great about SoundSage Solo is I can bring this stuff with me. And so even before yeah. I'd come on as senior editor, um, almost all my reviews in 2022, uh, I had done on the road. Um, so I had done these LG headphones. I was reviewing those when I was in Bali. I had some Edifier headphones that I reviewed when I was in Europe because I just brought them all with me. And that's kind of my plan going forward as well as just having stuff on hand and bringing, you know, a couple different products with me so I can test and compare and see how it all works in, you know, planes, trains, automobiles. Everywhere. Where you'd actually use headphones. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I guess a kind of follow-up question to that is, were headphones the way that you got into high-end audio, hi-fi? Ooh, uh, that's a it's funny. I've never been asked that question. Yes, actually, I would say that is the case. Um, I remember back way, way, way in my my wee youth, I had a a Walkman, uh, and I was just kind of discovering the world of music as I was walking on my paper route, and I kept finding different headphones. I worked at Circuit City at the time, and so there, you know, you there'd be leftover headphones or lost headphones or whatever, and I'd try different ones and. Um, uh, there was a, a standout pair of Panasonic on-ear headphones and then we're talking, this is the nineties. So everything was kind of crap and, yep. uh, it, it, they were great. And so I was like, I've listened to those for ages and swapped out different ones. Uh, but the music, being able to listen to music as I'm wandering around has always been something that has been a key part of my existence to put another, any other way, you know? Um, and so that was, so wanting decent audio at home, was kind of came from that for sure. Okay. Very interesting. Cause like when I think of hi-fi and uh, even talking to different people, um, hi-fi there's, there's generally like a lot of focus on the speakers. It, it's like, what does somebody have set up in their house or their listening room or whatever it may be. Um, and you typically associate hi-fi with the speakers, but for you, and for probably, I would say, even more people uh, out there, the way that they experience music, the way that they could experience high-fidelity music or high-fidelity audio is through headphones. So it's like a, a large part of what hi-fi is that doesn't seem to get the same kind of recognition as, uh, as the, the speaker segment. I totally agree. And don't get me wrong, I love a good pair of speakers. And, you know, my one of my gigs at, at Circuit City was selling hi-fi audio. Uh, I mean, I started in in the portable electronic stuff because that's where they put all the kids. And then as I got a little older, um, I was able to sell the hi-fi stuff and, you know, Infinity speakers and JBL. And, um, it, you know, it was great. But there is certainly a level of, perfectly honest, there's a level of privilege, not just in the cost of a high-end speaker system, but just having the space for a high-end speaker system uh, with, you know, I mean, I had this stuff in apartments because yeah. it was my gig and my hobby, but that's not going to be the case for everybody. And spending hundreds, if not thousands on uh, a speaker system is great if you can do it and you have the space for it, yeah. but spending a fraction of that on 
a really good pair of headphones is something that you could enjoy at home and when you're out, you know, walking the dog or, um, you know, even just sitting outside relaxing. So, yeah, there's there's a um, it's 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 such an important part of how we all would experience music. And especially since we have essentially infinite amount of music available to us everywhere (laughs) now um, and not a backpack full of cassette tapes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. That kind of leads into another question, which is, okay, so if we're thinking about hi-fi systems, we got the speaker system and all that. When it comes to portable hi-fi, so speakers or sorry, headphones um, and all that, the the other piece of that system is the device that you're listening to. So Mm. I read one of your articles, you were talking about having an iPod Classic one yeah. of the the hard drive disk <laughs> versions, which is awesome. Oh, uh, I miss that. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. They're incredible. Uh, I think mine actually still turns on. Ooh, I, yeah, fantastic. I think the battery might be almost shot, but uh, it at least still turns on. Now, what do you use now? It, it sounds like you went through an iPod Touch, a dedicated one. Um, are you just using the phone, or do you have like a like a dedicated audio player, or or what do you do now for that that other half of the the portable hi-fi system. Yeah, this has been a, a I don't know, say a, a struggle, but certainly has been a, a, a point of contention for me for a long time because, so the, the article you mentioned, I mentioned in that article is that it was one of the worst things that has happened to me while traveling is that I got a bunch of my gear stolen on a night yeah. train in Italy. And uh, <laughs> and that's a funny, funny in hindsight story in and of itself. But the main thing that I was really upset that they stole was my iPod Classic, because this was several years after they discontinued them. Uh, and you could find them on eBay and stuff, but you never know what you're going to get with something like that. Yeah. So and I needed something at the time. And I ended up buying a uh, an iPod Touch uh, in Paris, actually. And it's it was the worst piece of electronics I've ever purchased. I mean, it was always <laughs> crashing, always wanting an update, but then never updating. The battery life was abysmal. Um, so it, that was a, that was a huge disappointment, but it was like, well, I just spent $400 on this thing. So uh, I'm going to use it. And, and so I did for a lot of years. Um, I didn't really get into streaming audio until, uh, until the pandemic actually. And I'd always resisted because for a lot of years, and I'm hoping everyone listening knew this, but artists really basically weren't making any money from this stuff. It was yeah. a, a huge cut in, and when you say things like that, there's a type of person like, oh, they're rich anyway, but that's not who was being impacted. You know, Rihanna's not missing the sales, the CD sales, you know, she's making money on other stuff. Yeah. Uh, she's a billionaire for a reason. Uh, but the, 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 the working class musician, who maybe could make a living selling CDs in the eighties wasn't going to be able to do that anymore. So I resisted and I was, I was buying music, you know, buying, um, you know, either MP3s or CDs and ripping them at uh, lossless. And I finally kind of, all right, fine. I'll try the streaming thing. And mostly because a musician friend of mine was like, yeah, the money's actually, you know, fine now it's not good, but it's better than it was. So I'm like, okay, fine. So I got into streaming more. And so then my trip, uh, my first international trip since the pandemic was in the summer of 2020, uh, summer, fall 2020. And that was my first trip where I was almost entirely listening to uh, was Spotify at the time, Spotify and Tidal. And 
also to, related to that, it was the first time that Google Fi had emailed me and said I was going over my international data limits. Which <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> th- those numbers are unpublished, but they sent out an email after two months going, you've used a lot of data and you're not at home. Please, you know, if you don't, if you don't, uh, get it under control. US, yeah. If you don't connect <laughs> to a US cell tower, we're cutting off your service. I'm like, okay. Uh, but again, that was after two months and of streaming music all the time. So I'm, I'm not upset about that. But uh, but that's that was the difference. So I was almost entirely listening to streaming music as long as I had, um, you know, obviously not on an airplane or in the mountains or something. But, you know, for most of the time it was um, walking around, just streaming music to my phone. And that worked. That was fine. There were certainly, like I said, times where it didn't quite work because there isn't cell service everywhere. But. Looking forward, I really want to try out, Sony has these two new Walkmans, they're flat out Walkmans, that run on Android and have huge hard, well, they, they don't have a huge hard drive space, but they have a SD card slot. Okay. So theoretically, you can put all your, uh, all the media that you have now and stream music. Presumably, you can download from Spotify and have, you know, local, local, songs and albums and stuff through Spotify or I think a couple of the other services do that too. All in this one device, the cheaper ones like 350 or something. And the reason why I prefer something like that over just doing it on your phone, which you could, is I shoot a lot of video on my phone. Ah. So I'm filling up the storage. I have a 256 gigabyte Pixel 7, but I'm going to fill that up because I'm shooting 4K video for my YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> plug, hint, plug hint. one, <laughs> plug one. We'll get to that. Uh, so yeah, so if I'm shooting all this video, I, you know, they're obviously, yeah, you can dump the video onto another hard drive or whatever, but like, I don't want to take up all that space with music when I could just have some other portable device. Um, I'm not a huge proponent of just bringing a lot of gear, but that just is my lot in life. I'm going to bring a lot of gear. I have tons yeah. of camera gear I'm bringing everywhere, having instead of bringing an iPod, if I bring one of these Walkman type things, of which I should be clear, there are plenty of other options available. Uh, the Sony's just are really cool looking and just have a great design to them. So I think at some point I'm going to try to review a few of them, especially the cheaper options because as cool as the thousand plus dollar portable media players are, of which there are several, uh, that, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm still a little hurt from getting all my gear stolen, <laughs> but like having yet another thousand dollar device on my person, in addition to my laptop and my phone and all of my camera gear, it just, I don't know. It's just one more thing to potentially lose or get stolen. So, so that at least having what's, what's that line, it, that line's going to be different for everybody. And maybe for some people it's a hundred dollar option or just their phone. And maybe for other people, like, I don't care if I lose a thousand dollar product. Like, all right, good for you. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's not me, but must be nice. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> now, when it comes to like streaming devices, or maybe not even streaming devices, portable audio players in general uh, versus a phone, um, is is there a quality difference in the output signal coming out of those, or would you anticipate there being a quality difference from like the Sony, which you haven't heard? Tough, kind of just throwing that on you. Versus like your Android phone versus an iPhone versus whatever. And like I, I see uh, these portable DACs like the mm-hmm. I forget yeah. what they're called, like the, yeah. the Firefly or whatever. Like 
is there actually a notable difference in the sound quality from those? And and would that play into kind of what you consider buying? Um, theoretically, yes, and probably no, to mm. answer those questions back to back. So there are ways that a portable media device could be uh, better, I don't want to say better, different from a phone. Okay. Um, if we concentrate, so if, say you have wired headphones, yep. a portable audio device could theoretically have a better amplifier built in to power those headphones better. Now with little in-ear headphones or something, probably not a huge difference. If you're walking around sporting some massive over-ear headphones, sure, cool. Uh, that probably would make a difference. Um, I think you're going to get some strange looks, but I've seen people <laughs> do it. So, hey, you you know, you do you. I'm not here to yuck anyone's yums. Yep. Uh, the DAC aspect, again, kind of the same thing. If you're using wired headphones, the DAC in your phone might be okay. Um, the DAC in one of these devices might be better. How much of a difference you're going to hear on that wandering around? Maybe it's possible. Okay. Um, it's probably going to be a lot less than if you swapped out headphones or were listening in a quiet environment. I mean, this is, we're talking very, very small increases. Got it. The diminishing uh, returns is, is starting yes, to get, yeah. Yes. So like a better amp. Yeah. You could hear that difference, not least in terms of absolute volume, but also potentially just the, 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 the quality of the sound of just having a better amp. And again, some of these phones might have decent amp in it. So that's not saying that, uh, that a portable audio player would definitely sound better, but it probably would sound better in that regard. Um, so that, but when you're listening to Bluetooth headphones, you know, true, true wireless or whatever, that's a little less clear. It, Theoretically. Is, is, is that just because the Bluetooth, the, the protocol just doesn't have the bandwidth to handle the higher frequencies or not the higher frequencies, but the actual bit rate, I guess. So that's actually an interesting thing. Um, that was the case for a while. Early Bluetooth was very bad for audio. Okay. And there was a number of, of things that have happened over the years to try to fix that. Aptex was one of them. And Aptex, is, which is a Qualcomm thing, and only works with phones that want to pay Qualcomm. Um, and that has gotten, that was the way around it of like, well, if you, you know, has Aptex, it's going to sound better than if you would just have the straight Bluetooth. Uh, Brent Butterworth, has, who we mentioned earlier, he has uh, done a lot of studies on this. We'll have to see if we can have Dennis put in the show notes a link to his website because you can actually download audio files encoded with SBC and, and Aptex, and you can see if you can hear a difference with the actual coding. Um, so these days, though, Bluetooth audio in general has gotten a lot better. You don't necessarily need Aptex. There are other ways to do higher-end audio. So that's kind of the difference there. It's like if you are using Bluetooth headphones on your phone, if your phone doesn't have a way to do higher quality audio, but the DAC you're using, you know, that you're connected to or the portable audio device does, theoretically there again, you might hear a difference. Again, we're talking about subtle differences. You know, unless your phone's doing something wrong, the baseline Bluetooth audio is going to be fine for walking around and, and probably even better than just fine. Having that step up of like, okay, now it does high res audio, whatever that's, that's yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if it works, it works and that's great. Um, but I think for most people, it's like, 
as long as you're connecting in a way that's not, you know, you're not trying to connect to a six or seven year old device that's sending out ratty Bluetooth quality. If it's something more modern, it's probably going to be fine. Um, at least, at least as far as like, again, we're talking, you know, if you're listening to these things, you're, you're walking around, you're, you're trying, hopefully paying attention to other things and just having a nice, you know, soundtrack to your life, which is, I think, uh, the, some of the best ways to walk around a city. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that theoretically it could sound a little better, but that, I don't think that should be the number one reason why people buy something like this. I think it's more of having access to a huge library of music or a separate device that you can fill up with audio tracks. So you're not, cause that's the other thing I, I'm, I'm lucky cause the way, so using Google Fi and my phone, I can, my phone works with data everywhere in the world, but most people don't have that. If you're on Verizon or, I mean, especially, I think, I think you, you're Canadian, right? I am Canadian. Yeah. You guys pay, <laughs> you guys pay ridiculous amounts for mobile outrageous. data. Outrageous, outrageous yes. amounts. Yep. Um, quite, quite famously. Yeah. So for people who don't have access to data while traveling, having a portable media device where you can put 100 gigs worth of music and you can just listen to whole, everything while you're ever, that's huge. I certainly did that for a long time. So, and that, yeah, that's something people probably unnecessarily think about is like, yeah, I, have, I use do streaming for all of my music. And it's like, yeah, cool. What are you going to do if you don't have data? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel you on that. I actually, so I spent six months in Brazil last year. Um, I was Brazilian. We we just had our second child. So she was on mat leave and I'm like, yeah. Cool. yeah. What part of Brazil? Uh, all over. So uh, oh, nice. yeah, we went, uh, we were in a small town called Serra Negra. So about, uh, I don't know, like two-ish hours from Campinas, about three and a half-ish hours from uh, Sao Paulo. Okay. Um, but yeah, just to touch on how ripped off Canadians get for data, the plan that I had there, it would actually have been cheaper for me to keep that plan on international roaming when we came back to Canada <laughs> than to get the Canadian plan. Wow. And the only wow. reason I didn't do that is because I need a number that doesn't charge people international yeah. long distance yeah. every time they try and call me. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just wild. Well, to, to tie into that, of just this is a little tangential to the SoundSafe solo, you know, stuff. But just to mention, because we're on the topic, uh, yeah, I had spent uh, about a month in uh, Brasilia. My friend, oh yeah, nice, time. Uh, beautiful architecture, and uh, she's she's now in Portugal, and and yeah, the the way to do it for most people is you buy a local SIM card, yeah, which is probably 100%. Yeah. yeah. And that's such a, a inexpensive way to like for roughly $20, you can get a month's worth of data and your phone just works like it's a local phone. Yep. Even at $20 and the hassle of finding one, which isn't much like there's places all over every city to buy them. Uh, yeah, it's infinitely cheaper than any roaming. data roaming plan from yeah, one of these major companies. So yeah, that's, uh, you know, top tip. Awesome. So with that, let's segue into a quick little break. Uh, we'll listen to some music and we'll be right back.
All right, we are back from that short little break. Um, one question, Jeff, that I kind of want to ask you is, how do you approach the audio in your video content? And do you use some of these things uh, that you've learned uh, reviewing high-end audio and, and kind of people's listening behaviors and stuff like that uh, when you're producing your content? Um, to, to inform that answer, I, I'll back up and say that I, my degree from university was in audio production. And, and for a while, I wanted to do music and uh, music editing and audio for movies and TV shows. Um, I spent a summer in Los Angeles before I graduated doing basically that interning at, a, at two different locations. And what those internships taught me was that I didn't really want to do that for a living, which was, <laughs> I mean, that was uh, to me, that's very valuable. Uh, but it did inform my, my ideas of what, music and audio need to be in, in, a, in, a, in videos and TV shows and movies and everything else. So when I started kind of making my own videos, I realized that obviously audio is a key part of that, but music especially is such a, an easy way to elicit an emotional response. Yeah. And having decent music separates, I think, you know, a mediocre YouTube channel from a decent YouTube channel. I'm not saying either mine or either of those things necessarily, but, um, but having good music, I think is you have to have good music. If you're going to try to be something better. Um, I pay a company called Artlist, which yep. now that I've mentioned it, if you Google that, you're going to get ads for it on everything <laughs> you do for months. But unlike most companies that do that, I feel like Artlist actually provides a pretty good service, which is just a huge selection of music that all sounds that is all professional music. I mean, they've got, yeah. you know, all different styles of music and it's super well produced. So I can always find pretty much exactly what I'm looking for, for one of my videos. And, you know, that's a, I think, I think that's invaluable, but also being able to record decent voiceover with a decent microphone. And I, I feel like I spend probably too much time thinking about the audio quality because of my background. It's, I can't kind of do a crappy job with the audio because I've learned how not to do a crappy job with the audio. Yep. So yeah, I always joke. It's like I, I, I took, I took French in high school and I can't speak a word of it because I'll be around French speaking people and I'll just thinking like, okay, I got to conjugate this verb, right. And is it, is it law or is it la? Whereas Spanish, a language I've never studied formally, I'm, I can read a menu and I can have a half, you know, terrible conversation because it's just random words that I've picked up over the years, but you can still communicate. I don't have the baggage. So to me, it's, it's kind of like, I don't have the baggage of trying to like speak correctly. You can just speak the words and people understand you. That's the beauty of communication. Um, and that is the point of language, but that, now we're off on a tangent, but, uh, but with, with the music, it's like, I feel like I know how to do this. I need to know how to do, I, I, I have the skills to do this correctly. I can't not do it correctly. So how much time am I really going to spend on this voiceover that people it's on top of, you know, that's on top of music that you're not going to hear this edit that I did, but it's bothering me. So I'm going to spend an extra half day on it. Uh, yeah, it's a whole, a whole problem. <laughs> so, I mean, I find that a couple things there. There's a lot that I can kind of go down. Uh, one art list. Amazing. Uh, I use them for some video content on different video projects. Oh yeah. They have a video thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Very good stuff. Um, two stock audio 
is actually how I ended up finding a couple artists that I really, really like. Oh, nice. Okay. Which is, I like, I never really thought about that before, but uh, yeah, like these are working class musicians that, yeah, that exactly. make good content and they use that as a way uh, to kind of um, live. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there's great. Yeah, exactly. There's one in particular, this Tim McMorris. Uh, I ended up using one of his songs from a stock audio track, and then I found him, and I just love his music. I I think it's so cool. Anyways, that tangent aside, (laughs) um, when you're you're making the videos and stuff like that, um, I'm of the belief that when you edit video, you should always be editing video with like studio monitor speakers so that you kind of get a sense of the room and all that. Uh, definitely don't edit with the the built-in speakers on your computer or whatever. <laughs> For Not sure. ideal. Um, but then I also, uh, and maybe I'm wrong here, but it's like the idea of editing uh, while listening to headphones can actually be a poor choice because what you hear in a headphone is much different than what you hear on speakers. If you're thinking about the fact that you're traveling and all that, when you're editing and, and when you're doing all that, are you doing that through the same set of headphones or do you have different headphones or like, how do you do that? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I bought a laptop specifically to do video editing okay. f- on my last trip and I used it maybe twice. Oh. So most, <laughs> and it, uh, I think any number of reasons why that might've been, but so the videos that I'm kind of putting out right now are actually from last year, just because I, I didn't start editing until I got home. Okay. So I'm kind of, a, but that's true. With I think most YouTubers, their lives are probably significant. Even the travel YouTubers, their lives are probably six, eight months ahead of what you're seeing in the videos. One of my favorite channels is uh, this channel called Sailing Uma. And the, it's these two, they just got out of college and they, they bought a boat, fixed it up, and they've been sailing the world for eight years. And it's amazing. And they do amazing content. And they had one episode where they're like, wow, yeah, well, it's going to be winter and we're in France or whatever. And like the next video is, so winter was great. Now it's spring. It's like, (laughs) okay, well, you have fast forwarded. Um, But to answer your question there, the, the idea, yes, you, ideally you have decent set of speakers in your room to listen to. That's every editing room I've ever been in both professionally and when I, you know, in college and so forth, it's always a pair of studio monitors at ear level. Yeah. That's, you know, these are big, expensive, usually powered, uh, self-powered bookshelf speakers. They're incredible. Uh, often there's subwoofers somewhere as well. A few of the recording studios I've been in, they might have tower speakers. Like I was in um, <clears throat> name drop Abbey road studios a number of years oh. ago, and they had these huge BMW Nautilus speakers set up Um but also what those places tend to do is they're going to they're going to have multiple speaker systems set up. They're going to have multiple headphones because when you're mixing music, especially you want to make sure it sounds good or at least acceptable on everything. They might yeah. even listen to it on a Bluetooth speaker just to say, OK, well, it doesn't sound good, but it doesn't sound bad. So we're going to that's fine for this mix. But they might also listen to it and go, well, the bass sounds amazing if you're listening to it on headphones and your bass sounds amazing if you listen to a subwoofer. But when you put it on this little speaker, it's inaudible. You can't hear anything. It's yeah. just this bass thump. So, okay, we need to do a different mix for that. Um, I think Christopher Nolan quite famously had said that he's not mixing his stuff to be listened to on cheap TV speakers, which is why I think a lot of people have problems with the audio in his movies because he doesn't 
very consciously does not make them sound good on a TV. It has to be listened to with speakers and a subwoofer. I think that's a interesting choice um, because you. I feel like you kind of want everyone to be able to experience your content. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe that's. I'm certainly no Christopher Nolan. That's that's for sure. I mean, so when you're me, when you're up to his level, you can do whatever you want, right? Right. Like, all right, that's his choice, and okay, fine. Um, the one from a couple of years ago. Um, oh, I can't think of the name of it. The, the uh, tenant. Yeah. Everyone's like, I saw. You know, it's they, the dialogue. Nobody could hear no the dialogue. Yeah. I watched it. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it uh, later at home, and I was like, dialogue's fine. What are you talking about? But yeah. I also have a nice center channel speaker. <laughs> you know, like and holds audio system set up and I thought it was fine. Um, so yeah, I thought that was, that's a, an interesting way to look at it. So yes, for me, I typically just, I'll listen to it. If, if I am doing a video, it, some audio editing type thing on my laptop, I'll typically listen to it on at least two pairs of headphones okay. just to make sure nothing's kind of popping out. Um, when I'm doing stuff at home with my main rig, I have a decent set of, of desktop speakers that I listen to for most of it. Um, I might listen to it on headphones as well sometimes during the edit process, but I don't have a specific, I have the headphones. You're, I, I can see you and I see you're wearing the, the studio standard MDR 7506s, um, which I do have a pair of as well because they are, there's a reason why they're studio monitors. They're in every studio. Like they're amazing. Are, yeah, they're amazing. They're amazing. They're inexpensive. Everyone should have a pair. Um, the, the so, story behind these, by the way, is I, uh, I had Beats. I was mm. given a pair of Beats years and years and years ago. And uh, then I had Bose and all this. And we we're going to these different audio companies. And uh, Doug one day was like, what the f*** are you doing listening to this on Beats? <laughs> like you're walking yeah. into these companies and you're on Beats. Like what the hell is wrong with you? And then we were, we were in New York. Um, oh, I'm forgetting the name of the producer. This really cool producer that... Uh, where he's making all his money is in elevator music, which oh, I, wow. I never really nice. thought of. And he's really like cool, eccentric guy. Anyways. And, uh, Doug's like, we're near B and H. Uh, these are the <laughs> headphones that you should get. And I'm like, okay, he's, he's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah and no, he's totally right. They're amazing. They're absolutely yeah. incredible. That was, uh, that was years ago. And, uh, yeah, these are incredible. They're super flat. Yep. And, and just, I mean, I use them super for flat. They're comfortable after yeah. if, if, if anyone listening buys a pair after a couple of years, the ear the ear pads are going to disintegrate, which yeah. is fine. You can replace them. You get the lamb ones. Yeah. 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 Lamb skin. Um, I've, uh, I bought a, um, a set that was, they're like multi, like add some color to them. You know, they were like 20 bucks or something to add, extend the life of these headphones. Yeah, they, ah, Cause okay. they're, they're great. They're, you know, they're, that's how this stuff is mixed. You know, if it's not on, on these bookshelf speakers or whatever, they're going to listen to them on these types of headphones. Yeah. It, so the interesting kind of tie into all this too, is that when I do an edit, if I listen to the edit on these versus my, my AirPod pro max, these, these sure. giant over the ear things, completely different sounding. Oh yeah, for sure. Like night and day difference. So, um, like when I think of high-end audio and especially portable high-end audio or people that are going to be listening on either in-ear, over-the-ear, on-ear, all of the different options, like they're going to get totally different results based on, well, one, the quality of the player, two, the quality of the headphones, but also whoever was making the audio, what they were making it for and what they were yeah. using to monitor it and all that stuff. 
Yeah, and and ideally they're coming out with some their their final product is going to sound at least good, if not great, on everything. Um, but yeah, the biggest of, of the things you listed, the biggest thing for most people that's going to change the sound of it is the, is the headphones themselves. And if you're swapping out a pair of MDR seventy five hundred sixes for most other things, but especially Beats or the AirPod Maxes or whatever, um, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a radically different sound to them. That's not to say that for the end user, there's a right or wrong answer to this. I don't ascribe to that. I don't think that there's a singular one sound that is the correct one in quotes. Um, I'm rather notorious amongst my audio reviewing friends for liking a lot more bass than most people, uh, or at least more bass than most audio reviewers. That's my personal preference, but I also know that. So when I go in and it's like, I love these, this bass is great. I know that in my head, I go okay. Well, that means this is probably more bass than most people would typically like. Interesting. Uh, so, um, and by the other I also hate really bad treble, and I hate overly bright headphones. And there are certainly plenty of reviewers who love that style. Um, so, is there a, an easy distinction in the quality between in-ear headphones versus over-the-ear versus on-ear? For this type of thing, not necessarily. You could design a, a pair of in-ears or over-ears to have kind of any different sound profile that you want. You're going to get more isolation, just passively isolation, usually with most people from over-the-ear headphones, uh, especially if they're like, you know, big comfy pads on them. There are certain styles of in-ear that could have really good isolation, but they would require a much better seal to your specific ears, which not everyone's going to get. I oh. typically don't get a great seal with those types of headphones. I have very small ear canals. So um, especially like on the site right now, I have an article about in-ears versus over-ears for travel. And I've done a couple other travel type things for soundstage. And there's always some comment of someone who has edemotics. I can't get a good seal with them. I find them exceptionally uncomfortable. I've never had a pair of Edemotics. I've never, I've tried many different styles from them. I find them excruciating because I just have very small ear canals. So they're not going to fit. But if you have big ears or big ear canals, then that might fit really well and give you a great um, passive isolation. But it's not going to work for everybody. So I can't recommend those, not specifically because I don't find them comfortable, but because many people won't. So with noise canceling headphones, either over ear or on ear, it's much more likely that you're going to have a nice, quiet experience because the active aspect to that is doing stuff that doesn't matter if you have a, well, it doesn't matter a little bit, but it doesn't matter as much to get a perfect seal because you're, you're, the, the electronics in the headphones are, are cutting out the low frequency noise. And even, even if you do have, Brent, again, has done testing on this, even if you get a great seal with passively isolating headphones or earphones, the noise canceling is going to take out more bass usually because it's just of how the sound waves work, you know, that it's able to cancel this stuff out. Airplane noise, tire noise, train noise, all of that stuff is going to be much better, much more reduced with noise canceling, active noise canceling styles. But the, the conversation that we were having, that I was having on the site with this is, so what's better for travel is these big over-ear headphones or highly portable in-ear headphones. And I am 
a strong proponent of tiny earbuds, uh, tiny in-ear headphones across the board. Because one, I try to tell people to pack as little as possible, yep. which no one does, but people should try. Um, I know personally, I'm trying to sleep on planes. You know, most of the flights that I take are very long flights. You know, the longest flight I took was over 17 hours. You know, like it's, yeah, you got to, even if you're just in a seat, a regular seat, you're going to try to sleep. I use points to try to, to get up to business class. So I'm lying down. You can't really lie down, at least not on your side or anywhere comfortable for me of having these over, big over ear headphones. So I greatly prefer, prefer something like I've traveled for years with the Bose Quiet Comfort 20s, which are these tiny little, you know, uh, amazing noise canceling headphones. So to me, that's kind of a no brainer. You have to have something small, portable, doesn't get in the way. But the big over ears typically are going to have a little better passive noise uh, noise reduction that we've like we've talked about. So maybe you get a little lower in the high frequency range or the mid to high frequency range, which noise canceling, active noise canceling can't do, at least not most noise canceling headphones. The Bose, uh, the new Bose earbud twos are able to electronically reduce noise at a frequency that I've never heard before. It's they're pretty remarkable. So, are, are, so this always gets me. Is Bose still kind of the leader in active noise canceling for headphones? So the theory is, and I've not really read any place that that definitively says this, but the theory amongst most audio reviewers is that Bose owns some very specific and important patents. Ah, so they're able to do things that other companies historically can't. There, there are other companies that are getting a lot better, though. So Sony is very close. There's going to be some people who argue that they're as good, if not better. Brent's testing hasn't really found that to be the case, that Bose is still better. But they're probably close enough for most people. Um, a couple other companies are, are very close. If not, And it's like, what was it? Sound, uh, Soundcore which is Anchor's headphone brand. Like they do, it's like they're at a fraction of the price of doing a really great job at noise canceling. Um, trying to think of a few other companies. There's a bunch of other companies that are like doing a really good job at, at different, if not lower price points. Have you heard Apple's, so these AirPod Max, have you heard that active noise canceling? Um, I'm getting those in for an upcoming article, okay. but I've seen that the, the measurements of them, they're very good for sure. Um, they're not as good as the, the Bose. Interesting. I mean, it is, they, they are, I mean, I've been reviewing noise canceling headphones for ages now and the, as good as the QC twenties were above everything else when they came out six or seven years ago, whatever it was, um, these new ones are that much better. Again, Interesting. Yeah. They're, they're. God, they're pretty remarkable. Yeah. I'm once again, it's with the Bose stuff. I just wish they sounded better. They're a very safe tuning. They're fine. No this one's going to no highs, no lows. It must be Bose. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that is the old, that is the old statement. Yeah. I've plenty of stories of selling high five back at circuit city that maybe we'll talk about on a different podcast, but yeah, I, I, I sold high five within sight of the mountain which is where Bose's headquarters are. It's called The Mountain. That's the actual address. <laughs> um, so this, I was in Framingham 
Natick, Framingham, where, where was that Circuit City? It's not there anymore, of course. None of them are. Um, but anyway, I, so we actually had a Bose rep in the store, and people would come in all the time just wanting Bose stuff. And there's a whole, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a that's a that's a tangent for another time. But um, you know, they sound fine. The bass is fine. The treble is fine. Like they don't sound bad. They just aren't amazing. I'm not going to pick those up and like, oh man, I want to listen to these. Oh, I want to listen to these eight albums. Oh, I want to listen to this album again because they sound great, which is the experience I still get with a pair of really good pair of headphones where it's, I'll listen to them for a few minutes and go, wow, I want to see how this album sounds on it. I want to see how this album sounds on it. I've never had that with a Bose, but I still think they're amazing. They're still one of the best headphones I've reviewed in the last couple of years because the noise canceling is so good. Interesting. So the noise canceling makes up for some of their shortcomings, basically. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't even necessarily call it a shortcoming. I think it was very consciously designed that way. Interesting. You know, this this was they're trying to go for a mass market, and what what's the least offensive sound we can come up with? That's fine. You know, because because the QC twenties were the same way. They they had this very bland sound profile that does them very well. That's their thing. Okay. Hey. Who am I to judge? That's fine. But I would just, I'd, for years, I'd listen to the QC20s for the entire flight. We'd land. I'd take them out, put them back in the thing, and take out my BMW uh, C5 S2s to listen to as I'm walking off the plane and and everywhere else. You know, and now now it's kind of what I'm reviewing. But, you know, that was the that was my go-to for ages because it just, like, I wanted something that had cool sound. Now, Here's kind of a question, and this is um, from me kind of just putting on these uh, these AirPod Maxes, these over-the-air things. When I listen to or these on like um, the active noise canceling mode, so I'm not getting anything, for an extended period of time, like I used to do like uh, eight hours a day on conference calls and whatever, after I took them off, it was almost as if my hearing was like numb. It was, hmm. it, it was as if... Um, I didn't, I, I, I don't even know how else to describe it. It was like everything kind of got n- more muted or like hmm. it was more noticed. Is there like, is there anything with active noise canceling or is it just the type of headphones or is it those particular headphones that like, should you always be using active noise canceling? Is there any like downside to using active noise canceling? Um, there's no downside but that is a controversial and a bit of, controversial topic that is a bit of a rabbit hole. Okay. Um, there's aspects to that. There's another thing that has been colloquially called ear suck, which ear feels suck. like, you know, when you're in an elevator or an airplane and it feels like there's a pressure change. Yeah. That certain he- noise canceling headphones on certain people kind of give them a same, that same feeling, which is why they hate noise canceling headphones. Um, this is something that Brent and I and Lauren over at Wirecutter, we've all talked about this stuff at length because it is absolutely a thing. And no one had really talked about it before. Um, Brent recently wrote about it, but I'm not sure where or maybe it was one of them wrote about it <clears throat> recently. And I'm not off the top of my head. I can't remember which where they had written it. Interesting. I want to say it was it might have been at Wirecutter. I can't remember. So um, ear suck is the term. Or it, uh, it might yeah, be. I'm going to have well, to look it up and figure out if that's I think that's it's because experience. there's no actual term. Okay. That's the interesting. I don't think, because this is, it, it is a side effect that I don't think has a scientific name. 
So it's just been kind of called that because it's, you, you don't, if you've experienced it and I say, oh, it's ear suck. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's, I know exactly what you mean. So um, hopefully we can put that in the show notes or something because it is, it is an interesting phenomenon and it's certainly worth reading up on if you're, if you're curious. And is that more prone for like over the ear headphones versus in-ear? Or no, is I don't it, think so. I think it is, it's, if I remember correctly from it, it is a lot to do with the quality of the noise canceling. Oh, so in-ear headphones, over-the-ear headphones, all of that. Um, if you had to make a recommendation, uh, I kind of already have a sense of what your recommendation is going to be, um, but I'll ask nonetheless. If you had to rec- make a recommendation for uh, a pair of in-ear headphones and then a pair of over-the-ear or on-ear headphones, what would they be? Yeah, it's uh, it is a simple question with a challenging answer. So I think overall... Usually what I say is if you're valuing noise canceling above all else, obviously the Bose earbud twos, um, like, I I mean, we certainly talked a bit there about kind of their sound or whatever. I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed in the sound. It's just, they're not going to love it. It's going to be, like I said, totally fine. If someone is valuing, valuing sound over that and just want noise canceling as a secondary there's a lot of options. Um, most recently, I reviewed the BMW PI7 S2s, which are a little more expensive, but I really like the sound of them. They are a beautiful sounding headphone. BMWs also are pretty bass heavy headphone, um, but these are also matched by some beautiful sounding treble. So I think that's a, um, a bit, you know, a, a good mix, I think. Um, I'm trying to think what else I really liked the Edifier Neobud S, okay. which I reviewed a few months ago. It's kind of a similar sound profile. They are a little, a little bass heavy, but they're super clear. And those have like a beautiful sound stage. Um, sound stage, small S in that case. Yeah. Um, as far as over ear stuff, I recently did the momentum fours, which are a nice pair of headphones. I am currently reviewing uh, for publication soonish, I hope, uh, the Sony. Hold on, let me look at my my list here. The XM fives, uh, which came out a few months ago. Those are a pretty amazing pair of headphones. The noise canceling is impressive. The sound is impressive. Um, you could definitely wouldn't do any wrong getting a pair of those if you're looking for an over ear pair. And would your recommendations change if people were looking for headphones in ear or over the ear um, and were not traveling as much? Uh, not so much. Again, I'd, I'd go back to those BMWs because their their noise canceling is just kind of fine, um, but the sound is fantastic. A lot of the headphones in the price ranges that I've been reviewing lately all happen to have noise canceling anyway to some level or another. Maybe it's not great, but it's at least there. So you're not losing anything. I'm reviewing the Campfire Orbits. It's actually the next review going up on the site at the end of the month. They are a smaller company and, you know, the sounds, they sound pretty good. There's no noise canceling, but um, they have a different kind of a different design to them and they're a, a neat little product. But at that price point, I think they're 250 I think. You know, it's like, well, why don't you have noise canceling yeah. <laughs> at, that, at that price range? Um, even if people you know, don't necessarily think they need it. 
So yeah, I don't think it's a, it's not a necessarily that, oh, you're, I'm only recommending noise canceling headphones. It's just most true wireless and most wireless over ear headphones have noise canceling at this point. I also have some Odyssey LCD threes, which are these huge open back, um, LCD threes or LCD five, LCD five, sorry. Um, you know, these planar magnetic, uh, huge cans that sound amazing and they're super expensive. They don't have noise canceling. They can't, they're open back. So like you're hearing everything, but yeah, I, I don't even know what, I, if you could even, you couldn't do noise canceling or something like that, but it'd be kind of interesting to I'd be curious what you would get out of it. If someone tried. Cause yeah. Cause open cause backs, the whole idea of open backs is that the, the speaker is ready in both directions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the, there's no closure. It's a vented closure on the, the, yeah, earmuffs. it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of the opposite of what most people think for headphones, because you're getting sound going directly into your ear, but it's also going out into the room and you're hearing some of that. So the whole sound is much bigger. You don't quite feel as much as you're wearing. You know, it's not as, as insular. It's not in your head as much. You're feeling it's much bigger sound and it's amazing. You know, that that's the type of thing where it's like you turn off the lights you crank up some Pink Floyd and you veg out for an hour. So that's an interesting point because um, open back headphones while traveling, probably no. not ideal. Hard no. In fact, I'd, I'd get you kicked off the plane if I had to sit next to you. <laughs> Absolutely not. I could rip into anyone I see traveling with open back headphones uh, as I yeah, go. Yeah, and they're typically really expensive. So like, why are you traveling with $3,000 pair of headphones? Like, that's God, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't take those on the night trains in uh, in oh Italy. Oh my God, thank no. Nope. <laughs> All right, to wrap this up or to kind of start wrapping this up, um, there's one question that I still have to ask you, which is what is the soundtrack to your life? What are, what are the songs that you listen to on repeat or just all the time when you get a new set of headphones? Oh man, that feels like a, a discussion in and of itself. Um, it's tough because I, I value variety over like, I mean, I certainly have favorite songs, but if I'm listening to stuff, typically I'd rather listen to something on like random and just find a bunch of random things and new things. Um, churches. Yeah. Lauren, Lauren Mayberry is, uh, has one of the best voices in rock and roll and she's, uh, um, so I, I'd listen to them anytime, anywhere. I'd listen to her singing a phone book, to be honest. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Awesome. And Off then the top of my head, that's the first one that comes up top, the, the top of my head. Oh, that's perfect. And then the last thing, if people want to learn more about you, uh, you're a writer on Soundstage, so they could obviously go to Soundstage solo. Uh, but where else? Where else can they learn about you and what you're up to? Uh, yes, um, I write stuff for The Wall Street Journal. I occasionally write stuff for Wirecutter at The New York Times. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Inveterate Adventurer. Uh, I'm pretty sure if, if you just type in my name, it might come up too. I don't really tweet much anymore for reasons that could <laughs> have an own diff very different podcast. <laughs> so I don't really use Twitter much anymore in that way, but um, you could find me there. And then um, YouTube is kind of the main place that I'm doing stuff now. And so that's uh, just my name, you know, at Jeff Morrison, G-E-O-F-F -F Morrison. And you can find my stuff. I'm, posting a video once a week basically so and it's got i've got about six months worth of content in the can that i'm just editing my way through and yeah travel stuff right now and then uh like i 
mentioned to you off uh, before we started recording, I'm building out a, a van. So, or maybe we did record that part, I can't remember. Uh, so I'm building out a camper van, and so that's gonna be the next series of videos as well. So lots of stuff there. Awesome. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Yes, and it's been great. Until the next time, take care, everyone. All right.